0: This episode of the Golf Gable Podcast on the Sports Gable Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona for boosted pallets. The in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. So go sign up today and receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. PropSwap. It's America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. So go check out PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to a $500 bonus in cash. And we're also brought to you by PricePix. PricePix is DFS simplified. Head over to PricePix.com and use promo code SGP for 100% instant deposit match up to $100. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. All right, welcome back, Gens, for a recap of the Mayakoba and the Houston Open preview. It's your boy, Boston Capper, with the God of Golf himself, Steve
1: Shermer. Steve, you ready for the Houston Open? I am. I'm ready to move on from uh, Mayakoba. I'm ready to actually get back to an event with Shotlink and PA oh. Tour Live and Shorts Gained. And, yeah, it's been a rough couple of weeks not having this stuff. I mean, I've actually had to work on Thursday morning. I know. It's fucking yeah. terrible. I know it's it's like how how can I actually you know function at my job when I'm not you know distracted with you know PGA Tour Live on one hand and then you know trying to you know make things balance on the other. So there's
0: there's nothing worse than it's because it's not wasn't even on the PGA Tour Live. So you're just staring at the fucking leaderboard and it's shot one from the box, shot two from the fairway. You have no no clue. It just it, it was. I don't understand. One, they definitely should have had shot like there. You've said it before. Like they definitely have it in in Mexico with the WGC. Like the the fact that like who the fuck watches this shit other than us? Like, I don't know how many times we have to say it. They they don't take care of their target demographic. The people who are pumping money into this fucking thing, it's ridiculous. They literally just spit on us and shit on us and don't care what any of us say or think, and it makes me fucking insane.
1: I mean I think I think the excuse is there's two things that they do. Number one is apparently there's a language barrier to try to teach people to use this stuff. Well, Ugh. it's really just a laser and a Ugh. tablet. Right. And that I mean the second thing is apparently sometimes when you go to these events you know, internet connection can be kind of spotty there, but it's literally a five-star resort they're on. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure you got internet there.
0: Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure the setup for the people spending uh, a a G a night down there. I'm pretty sure
1: that it's fine. Right. I mean, unless they're worried about like, you know, the reception between with all the uh the mangrove forests, it's you know, it kind of, you know, gets in the way. Whatever. I don't uh, know. That that that's another conversation, but we're not gonna have to worry about this week uh, next week with uh that's right. Snowbin. But for this week, um Victor Hoblin, we were both wrong on Well, I was wrong on him. I don't know if you were. No, was I was fit. too. Yeah. I mean, I just, let's say he had been doing a whole lot coming in. I mean, he had T18 at the CJ Cup, did his irons very well. You know, at the Shriners, he hit the ball pretty well, but he was messing around the greens. That was the thing that really got me with him was coming into last year when he won the Mayakoba, he was a mess around the greens. And that's the one thing with this place with a pass column is that if you're not very good around the greens, it can be a little bit of a, tricky, you know, uh surface to chip off of. Well, it didn't matter. Apparently he's just the king of pass Palm You real. know, three of his four wins. Now have come on past Palm I heard a little nugget on, uh, I think in Taylor Gucci's who we're going to talk about mm-hmm. uh, at the DFS report card uh, and the screw job he laid on me. Um, they said though, that the golf course, Reminds him of Carson. I think Carson Creek, which is where Oklahoma State plays. Mm-hmm. And no surprise that Victor <sighs> Ricky, Ricky played it's good there, nice. too. Yeah. Yep, Ricky has played well there. Matthew Wolf played well this weekend there.
0: Yeah. Taylor
1: Gooch is Oklahoma State yeah. guy. So, OK.
0: Yeah,
1: All right. we gotta,
0: we gotta that, we're going to put that in the bag for next year.
1: I'm actually going to put this on the DFS report card because I look at it next year. Uh, yeah. Oklahoma State guys. Yes. That's use good. them. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I, that's a, that's a gambling lane for next year. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think what I want to ask you, though, with Hovland is, yeah. you know, we've seen him win at Puerto Rico, Mayacoba twice and the B&W International. Um, besides when he was in contention at the workday at Moorfield Village yeah. or the Ryder Cup, I mean, which was a losing effort. He hasn't really been on the big stage a whole lot like. No, I think the question is, you know, these wins are nice. Like, it's good. He's racking yeah. up wins. He's not doing what Finau did as far as, you know, like, oh, he's only finished second everywhere. But, you know, Hoblin hasn't had a top 10 in a major yet. It doesn't seem like he has been in serious contention to win a bigger event, not even at like a WGC. So, right. What about concession? I, he was he was in contention at concession, wasn't he? You know what? That's true. Yeah. But more kind of ran away with that thing. Yeah, so. that's true. That's true. But I think that's that's like really the only big tournament he's you know I think maybe at quail Hollow he was like top ten, but mm-hmm. never felt yeah, like he' was so. gonna win it's never felt like at a big event he's, he's he's like was gonna win right so but I mean you know congratulations to him he won this event uh, we will probably see him I, I he might be playing the Tigers event down in Albany, so that 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 might be a golf course for him, so we'll check okay. back for that um. I don't know. Other than that, why don't we just get to the DFS report card? You know, that yeah, kind of breaks sure. down the field and we'll yep. chat about certain players we liked and didn't like and what yep. we we're right and wrong about. So um, the theme of this week, um, well, if you you know watched the NFL today, uh, the public got murdered uh-huh. and that the opposite happened at the Mayacoba. The public yes. did very well. A lot shocked did very well at the Maia Let's start with it. So Victor Hovland, 25 percent <laughs> ownership, winner wow. of the tournament. Justin Thomas, 21 percent ownership, came in third. Yep. Abe answer twenty percent owned. Came in eighth. Yep. by far they were great. And we tried to take a contrarian view of Tony Finau and Billy Horschel, <laughs> and Terrell Hatton. They sucked. Billy Ho looked like he had it there for a minute too, and then he just that, did Billy. He just did Billy Ho things. Yeah, that that hurt. I I, yep. I was feeling pretty good about day one. I think he was only a couple of shots off the lead. And
0: yeah, day two too. I mean, he hung around. Like he ended up, he ended up going one under for for
1: that. Yeah, one. It just it, it. He he faded over the weekend. That hurt. But yeah, I mean, listen. It, it, Usually when chalk hits up at the top, we are not gonna do very well in no nope. DFS unless we have one of those guys and yeah, chalk hit. Congratulations to everybody out. Same thing again in the uh nine thousand hour range. Uh, Aaron Wise kind of put you in a locker. Hey, where did he finish? He finished fifteenth in score. I think he finished like eleventh though in the tournament. Fifteenth in the score, whatever. Okay. He well, you, well, okay well, he, well, he was your big short, so yeah, it that didn't work out for you. It's too It's fine. Uh Taylor Gooch. Yeah, Gooch. So I texted you early on Wednesday morning as I was out in the garage working out. Yep. And I'm like, I should probably just bet Taylor Gooch top 10. This was a guy I liked on my spreadsheets. I, I didn't have anything on him. So I yep. oh, pretty good about my plus 450 on the top 10. <laughs> yeah. And what did he do on the 18th hole? He double bogeyed. Yeah, that's right. And I can't tell you how he did it because I didn't watch the end because Hoblins was running away with it. I knew that yep. I bet lost. Yep. But, but yeah, that was a tough beat. Uh, well, it was not a tough beat. Scotty Scheffler, top 10. That was that was good. Yeah, I put a nice little bet on him. He did very well. He bounced back way. He was only 11% owned. Uh, he, you know, yeah, he's when do you think he's gonna win this week? <laughs> this week, this week, Houston Open. Let's go. Everybody's gonna be on him this
0: week. I don't care. All right, he's a, he's um, a him and Kokorak, my favorite Texas guys.
1: <laughs> that, that's an inside joke, right there. <laughs> uh, Matthew Wolf, we both missed on. Um, this yeah. is his first time I passed Pollen, pollum, but again, it's Carson Creek. But Oklahoma State connection with Carson Creek, and he was great in three or four rounds. He just sucked oh. on Saturday. That's kind of what Matthew Wolf does, though. He just yeah. ends up kind of botching around, and it takes him out. But he was great today. I mean, it's, it's nice to see him playing well again. So he had ten percent ownership. And I mean, who hates him? him. Mush hates him. Cousin Mush hates him. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know. Maybe He probably just doesn't like his swing. I think there's a couple guys in the Slack channel that doesn't like his swing either. So, yeah. Hey, listen, it works. You know, he gets on playing at the end. That's all that matters. Yep. Um, the biggest bust in this range, Will Zalatoris at 13%. He's He's been bad. And unfortunately, I have no idea why he's been bad because they haven't kept any stats on him. But I don't know. I mean, it seems like this should have been a good golf course for him because he's such a good ball striker. He was not. Uh, Shane Lauer is pretty bad, too. We no don't really own him. Patrick <laughs> Pete. Patrick Reed always also crashed back down to Earth too. Not great for him. Um, $8,000 hour range. This was where um, if you went contrarian, it worked out well for you. Because mm-hmm. Russell Hemley's most uh, the highest owned. He was not very good. Nope. Is the Steam finally going me off Mito Pereira? No. He, he was atrocious. Only I know, but it's not gonna, it's not gonna be awful. Points. What's that? It's not gonna. It's not gonna come off.
0: It's. It's. You know how it is with these DFS darlings, man. Like they latch on and they hold on, and that's it. And then, 50 weeks from now, when he finally fucking does something, they're like, see, I told you, Mito. Like it's the worst.
1: Well, I mean, the good the is that all all his fantasy national stats are going to be just intact because there we're in no strokes game. So he's going to look great next week or whenever he tees it up next. <laughs> uh, Cam Trigali, you liked him, and yeah, I tried to warn trash. you about it. He was yeah, terrible.
0: Good call. You know what's funny is I actually, because of that warning, everything I had Trigali in, I actually pivoted to Sergio.
1: Good. Yeah. That was the right that, call. That, that, that helped me. Yeah, Sergio was really good this week. Hey, yeah, really he fun. cashed top twenty for hit for me. Except when know. I bet him in the matchup, motherfucker. What matchup did he lose for you? Friday, he lost. Three oh, days. that's right. No, I I, ha- I had him over to Noren for the tournament. That was over after day one, so that was yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, Matt McNeely rallied today. Yeah, <laughs> dude, he shoot seven hundred today. He did. Today? Oh, he did. Saved a couple DFS lamps for me. That yep. was good. Me too. Uh, I was one week early on Buzayn Hoot. <laughs> Kind of. He was 16 kind of. or whatever. Uh, I mean, other than that, though, I, I liked Ricky. That was too cute. I, yeah. If I had to go, I mean, both end up losing. I probably That shirt probably should have been a bet on Matthew Wolf instead of Fowler. But whatever. Also, yeah. well, it didn't matter. $7,000 range. So you had been saying there was a legitimate push on Joaquin Neiman. And I said, I didn't know what the hell people were thinking. And he was 22% owned in DraftKings and he was sixth. And listen. yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? Sometimes you miss, I, man. No, I, I think it just he is a good player. Just ended up playing well this week. There was nothing coming in that indicated he was going to pop. It was nothing with the ball striking. Everything was kind of bad. Yeah, he's been good on a couple, you know, shorter courses. I didn't see a much good pass palm history in his in his arsenal. Whatever, it's fine. good player. You know, I like the guy. Maybe he'll play a little better next year. Um, you were complaining about Harold Varner III. He was bad. Yep. Emiliano Grino, Strelman, Knox. Basically in the seven thousand hour range, unless you were on Neiman, Chalk got murdered. Um, all those guys missed the cut. Uh, you know, Shama did all right. I mean, Seamus only ten percent owned, so he was twenty first scoring. Carlos Ortiz nine point four percent, he was second. That was a good pivot by you. I like yep. that. I wish I had a top twenty on him, but I think his odds were so short because they were they were
0: wicked short. It was it, yeah, they were top
1: twenty. It was like plus
0: one twenty or something like that.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't like that. So I mean, other than that, though, in the seven thousand range, I mean, you got Brendan Todd, who I think you mentioned as you like. Kuchar yep. actually did well. I know. How about that? So well, I actually saw an interesting story about Kuchar that. So he tried to chase distance last year. Ucher did, yeah, and we went awful. So now he's stopped doing that, and actually, I think he's been playing a little better lately. I think he made. I pull it up. I mean, he was twenty fifth in DraftKings scoring today. Uh, he was t thirty five the Shriners, t thirty six of Napa. So hey, listen, he's playing better it's nothing special, but maybe you can consider using him at like uh YLI or RSM. Maybe. I don't know. He doesn't make maybe. a move. He doesn't make a move for me, man. I know, but I mean he's making cuts and he's hmm. you know, he's still low sevens. He that's might true. he's getting back into the maybe goosh, we can consider right. yeah, Okay. All right. uh you okay. asked me before the tournament why Adam Long is so good here. Yep. And it's because he's accurate and can putt. And that's yep. really like you really do. And yeah, and twenty the driver, game for you. Uh and then under seven thousand dollars. I mean, Danny Lee, 6,900 bucks. He was pretty good. He made a nice run today. Charter today, yeah. Um, Hudson Swafford, I think he just missed the top 20 for me. Like plus. He did. He yeah. did.
0: I missed that. that because was, was he, he, he was in good shape uh, up until, I, I don't know if it was today or yesterday, uh, where he shit the bed.
1: I, it was it was today he was making a run. And then yeah. he the bed. I think uh, J- going back up top, I think Joel Damon also screwed me out of a top mm-hmm. 20. Yeah, a lot of my flyer top 20s didn't go right. It was really only Sergio in my football bet and GT that actually hit. Yeah. Um, let's see, anything else? You like Guido, he sucked.
0: Yeah, my boy, uh, uh
1: my boy, uh, what's he treated good. good? Yeah, yep. And then your other Belgian spirit animal, who I told you last okay. night was a football bet, and uh, apparently your drunk ass couldn't find the bet and you lost out on that money. That is correct. Yep, and I told you a football bet, uh, hobbling, which I did today and you did not. No, so, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. uh, other than that, though, John Ha. Oh, did you see his ace? John Ha's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty great. Dude, all aces uh, are all aces are awesome. I know, but his is just like I I know it. Did it go in? I don't know. The yeah exactly. Awkward. I always like yeah. the awkward aces. We
0: too. We're like I'd be doing fucking cat wheels. Everybody would know I had an ace if I had an ace. <laughs>
1: Let's
0: see. <laughs> uh,
1: Andrew Landry, 006 percent owned. He was ninth in scoring. I think he had a good day today. Andrew Novak, never even heard of that guy, but he was seventeenth in scoring. So. I feel like we have heard of Novak. Didn't we? I feel like we played him once. Andrew Novak, no, no chance. I know everybody. i everybody. Maybe it's from another sport. It's probably another sport. Yeah, I know everybody, and I've never heard of this guy. So, all right, I think uh, that's that's it for the Micoba Why don't we uh, take a break, and then we'll transition to the Houston Open. All
0: right, listen, if you guys are ready to win money and boost your odds, WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing excitement to win Las Vegas. To online sports betting and casino play, exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports. Uh, WinBet has some brand new bonuses. New users can bet a dollar to win a hundred dollars on any sport. Plus, you can get up to a fifteen hundred dollar as a free bet on WinBet if you make your first deposit of twenty dollars or more. Whatever you wager, WinBet will match it. 200%. Example, you bet $100, you'll get a $200 free bet. Max wager is $750. Uh, great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now. WinBet, from Boosted Pilates to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. If you're ready to play, which you should be, sign up today and receive a special offer, a risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit
1: wynnbet.com. Hey, what we we're saying about Patrick Mahomes is worse than uh, Ryan Tannehill because I think Tannehill threw a stinky pick there. That was a
0: stinky pick. It was. Yeah. Bad. I don't
1: know. There's a flag, though, so maybe it's coming back. I don't know. Uh, no, it's unsportsmanlike conduct on uh, Ramsey. Play. Yeah, so it's not coming oh, back. Ramsey's such a douchebag. He's a douchebag. Any uh, any non-golf thoughts before we get into the Houston Open? Uh, your Patriots did well today. Yeah, whatever, dude. We, so it was
0: super fucking sloppy, man. You want to talk about just like an unpatriot like game? I feel like there was more penalties in the first fucking quarter than we had like plays. Like it was bad, like lots of false starts. Sam Darnold is Sam Darnold, like whatever. Like that, like that was the easiest bet of the week for me. I was happy that he started instead of P.J. Walker. I, I think I was talking, I was talking to you or somebody else, and I was like, I want Sam Darnold to start. Like that guy sucks balls. Like we yeah. own him. He is terrible. He is not good at quarterback.
1: Did you see Robbie Anderson lighting him up on the sideline? No, but I saw that pick six that Darnold threw. That's when oh, I yeah. turned it off. That's that's when I closed out of the Sunday ticket <laughs> quad box. I'm like, all right, I don't need to see this anymore. That was really bad. <laughs> it was um, real bad. and then on my end, hey, listen, I guess my pep talk on uh, Tuesday. Okay, nice one. Uh a word to anybody on Reddit who was going to get really jazzed up about Daniel Jones's five for twenty for 110 yards today. <laughs> don't. That was not. Listen, the reason why the Giants won today was because the Raiders suck and Derek Carr sucks and they handed that game to him. They probably should have lost anyways. But um, I I think I understand why Dave Gettleman loves Daniel Jones. Uh, Daniel Jones is the perfect quarterback for 1988. Just game manager (laughs) checking down 15 completions. Never goes for more than 225 yards. Who was, this? Who, was it? Sims? Was it Sims the Giants quarterback in 88? Yeah, Phil Sims. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was Sims in 86 and Jeff Hostetler in Hostetler. Yeah. yeah. Hostetler
0: yeah. was cool. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah,
1: and then he went to the Raiders. He was actually yeah. pretty good after that.
0: Yeah, I so. like Hostetler. He's fun. All right. Well, this that's Giants what, team. That's, what, that's, that's when, when we were. We once. I mean, I was
1: six. You were fucking baby. When? 88. 88. No, 88 is no, not when they won. They won 86 and 91.
0: 86. Yeah. So 86. Yeah. Whatever. We were just talking about 88. I so said, who the fuck was their quarterback in 88? So we're talking about 88. Oh,
1: it's Phil Simms still. Okay. So there we go. Okay. There we yeah. Go. I was two years old. So, well, anyways, listen, the Giants are <laughs> going to the bye week. Uh, they won a game that they probably, if they played in our team, probably would have beat them. They yeah. still suck. Kansas, Kansas City stinks. Kansas City does really stink. And yeah, they I think stink. Everyone showed, I think they showed that the fact oh. that they struggled to put away. Have, Packers and Jordan Love, who's also terrible. Packers made a mistake on that one. Have you have you, uh, have you you done a wellness check on Jay?
0: <laughs> the Jaguars beat the Bills. Bills are going to bill. Oh, you fucking Bills fans. Oh, it makes me so happy that you lost to the trash Jaguars. Like, Duval is partying like they just won the Super Bowl down here. And, oh, my God, Josh Allen doing Josh Allen things. Regression was
1: coming, and I was 100% fucking right. So for people who don't know who Jay is, he's one of my good buddies <laughs> up here. Rochester, he's a massive Bills fan. And no, it was very silent until I finally said a tech punch with two months ago saying, what the fuck is going on? with the Bills? <laughs> And I just got one word reply from him. Awful. And I still haven't heard from my other friend who's on that, that chain. Um, I'm assuming everybody's OK. Oh, uh, all right. Uh, why don't we transition to the Houston Open? Um, Goodfield. Yeah, Goodfield.
0: field. Sneaky Goodfield.
1: Yeah, I mean kind of like that last week in Miami. It seems like guys are playing this fall series a little more. Um, you know, some notables in the field. You got Sam Burns, who what's his nickname, Boston Capper? Bermuda Burns. Okay, Bernie Beans. You got Tony Finau. Uh you got Terrell Haddon who finished top ten here last year. You got Sung JM In, who does very well in Bermuda. You got Patrick Reed, who I think he's a Houston I think he's a Houston native. So this is, is, is technically he? Yeah, he's from Texas. I think he's from around Houston. Is so. he from Texas? Yeah, hey, he's from Texas. Check, Check it out. out. He's a dick. Uh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, you got Scotty Scheffler, who everybody knows from Texas. You got Cam <laughs> Smith and Matthew Wolf in field. But I have the guy I want to talk about, and uh, we passed over him by Cobe because there wasn't really much to mention. First, Kepka. So he's in the field. Uh, he played very well here last year on the eve of the Masters. Uh, why are you. Uh... I thought Matthew Stafford was about to die.
0: When okay. he runs, it makes me nervous.
1: OK. Anyways, uh, so Kapka. So before the Mayakoba, he actually was mentioning that he is, quote unquote, searching right now. And it, it seems like just his game is not in a very good place. But as we'll talk about a little bit, this should be a golf course. as suits his eye because he actually helped design the place. So he helped design a lot of holes. He had a lot of input on this stuff. We'll talk about exactly where he had input. So look, maybe this will be enough to get him to kind of snap out of it. And he does have that big match with Bryson on the horizon. Oh
0: my
1: God, dude. So stupid. I know, but you got to think he, I have gone back and we're, unfortunately we're going to do a preview show on that abomination, but I'm kind of going back and forth and like, does he care about that thing? Does he not care about is it? really just about the money. Like I think Bryson cares about that match. I don't know what Brooks does. Brooks doesn't give a fuck. I <sighs> not. So regardless, if you bind to the narrative that Brooks tends to peak before something that's really important to him, oh my the God. Bryson match is really important. This is
0: not on. A, this is not on the level of a fucking a major or a big tournament. Stop it. And it's already going to be narrative straight all fucking goddamn week long because he fucking had a hand in building the course or, or designing the course, like. Like his number's gonna get hung super short because he's gonna catch a tongue of fucking steam,
1: like it's. Gonna, so that's it's gonna... so. That's what I'm interested in seeing. He's been playing really bad. The books have been afraid to hang a bad so you number. Put it, yeah, because of what happened at both the Waste Management Phoenix Open when he was what forty, yeah, and then the PGA Championship when he was fifty, and he almost scared people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be hard for me to get away from a number on Brooks if it's. If it's more than thirty five, thirty five this week, that's the number I'm thinking. I'd be alright. I'd, I I right. I'd be alright thirty. I'd be yeah, alright. But if it's like twenty two, twenty five no. again, I'm Pass. probably passing pre tournament until yeah. you know maybe see what happens. You know, the first round. But yeah, so that's the field. Well, um, on top of the golf course, real quick though. So this, the Houston Open has been the red-headed stepchild of PJ Tour for the past like 15 years. Like it's been bouncing around different golf courses. It's been bounced around the schedule a couple times. It you know for a while there, I forget even what golf course he was at like 6 or 7 years ago. But he got moved to the Golf Club of Houston. That one was interesting because it was the week before the Masters and they tried to set up the co- golf course to be like Augusta conditions. So then you Oh
0: yeah, that's right. I I completely forgot. Yeah, about so that.
1: then you ended up getting kind of a competent feel to go in there because it's good practice. Like, you know, it had unjulated greens, it had tightly mowed areas around the green, it was overseeded. you know, it it was actually a pretty good warm-up round to you know Augusta. And they decided to, I think it lost its main sponsor, and then they moved the tournament to the fall. And no one showed up. I think it was actually opposite of WGC, which is really disrespectful. It looked like this thing was going to be dead. And then a couple notable things happened. First, you know, the Houston Astros wanted to improve their public image. So they threw a bunch of money at this tournament and made their foundation as the primary beneficiary of the uh, of the tournament. And second, they got with the city of Houston and convinced them that we'll bring this tournament back to the city. If you guys find somebody to renovate Memorial Park, which is one of the most famous public golf courses in America, it gets 60,000 rounds per year. But at the time, though, it was even though it had like enough real estate to hold a, a professional tournament, it was not in good condition. It was overgrown with trees. You know, just the greens went to hell just because it had so much foot traffic on it. It was it was a muni dump. So. You know, basically the city had a lot of pressure in order to be like, hey, you want to save this tournament? We gotta to bring in somebody, you know, good in. Well, they brought in somebody really good. They brought in Tom Doak, who is has some of the most famous resort destination golf courses in the world. He's responsible for Pacific Dunes and Old McDonald, Bandon Dunes. He's on Streamsong Cape Kidnappers and Tara Edie down in New Zealand. Uh, he restored Pasa Tiempo, which is a really famous golf course. Uh, in California as well. That's an an old Alistair McKenzie he uh, renovated. You know, he's uh, heavily influenced from Pete Dye and Alistair McKenzie. That's kind of you know where some of his architectural uh, styles from. But a lot of his courses just are not on the PGA Tour because while they're shorter, they're more for destination resort places. You know, well, and where. What's that?
0: Different guys like us.
1: Yeah, basically. It's yeah. but like a lot of these pros can all the little tricks and nuances that Doke kind of puts into some of these places. All the pros just head over them, so that's why they don't go there. But as I mentioned before, Memorial Park, there's a lot of room there. It can be stretched up to 7,300 yards if they really wanted to. So basically, Tom Doke and he brought in Brooks Kopka in order to consult. And it wasn't like just like Kapka kind of had like a little input on some things. He actually had significant influence. And in like Doke has been on a couple of interviews just saying exactly what Kapka had. You know in story. actually, Doke actually wanted to pick Brook's brain as far as like, okay, what makes you tick on a golf course? What makes you think? Where the PJ tour kind of with their setups is it too easy? It's too difficult. And actually, Brooks had a couple of good ideas. So, you know, the two of them, they had they did a massive facelift. Basically, everything on this golf course was renovated greens, fairways, you know, the position of holes, all this stuff. The only thing that weren't touched, the power three second wasn't touched. And then the T box on three wasn't touched. Everything else has changed as far as shifted fairways, new greens, new bunkers, all this stuff. So, um, one of the things that Doke did that's really significant was there's a lot of natural like canyons in on the property but it was never really in play like they would just be kind of just way off you know right. just elsewhere so what Doke did was he took a lot of greens and positioned them closer to the canyons to make them more in play uh, it also helps with drainage at the golf course, too, where the water can just run off into the canyons and get out there instead of like having all these catch basins that you know that you see a lot of golf courses. Um, another one a big change that they did, and this is actually Brooks's, you know, primary contribution to the golf course, is there really is not a lot of bunkers on the golf,, bunkers, course. Yeah. And, That's I remember from my- and one of the things that Kepka said was, and Doke agreed with this, that, you know, bunkers are really challenging for amateurs, hacks like you and me. But for pros, it doesn't really matter. So he didn't want to put a lot of bunkers on the golf course because he didn't th- want to challenge. He wanted to basically still, you know, have it be playable for the folks that come in, you know, the public. But what they did instead was, you know, they created subtle little undulations in the rough where you and me wouldn't notice. But to a pro, they'll be like, oh, this is two inches under, you know, below my feet right now. Like, this is going to be annoying coming out of this rough. <laughs> so there's all that stuff around the golf course that kind of makes it, you know, really kind of annoying to a pro. Um, there's also not a lot of water hazards on the golf course either. There's only one primary one, which, which is in play between the 16th and 17th holes. But, you know, basically, again, Tom Doak didn't want to put a lot of water hazards on there because it's not very friendly for amateurs. But no. for a pro, it's not really... Yeah, yeah, it's not really played, but where Doak is going to challenge these guys is the greens and the greens surround. So the greens are very undulated. They're quick. Uh, it's quick Bermuda, and it's tight bermuda all around the greens too, and they all funnel in different collection areas. And that makes it really tough for these, am- for these pros, where they want to chip off them, you know, and especially with how the greens are undulated, it's hard to get certain pin positions. But for amateurs like us... You can putt up it really easily, just knock it onto the green. So, like, all in all, Kepka and Doke, I think they did a really good job really of this job. place, making it, like, first of all, you know, restoring it to a really good golf course in the city of Houston. It's really playable for the public. But as we saw last year, and I'll get into it after we take a break. It played tough, especially with wind and dry conditions like these guys had a lot of trouble. This is not your typical PGA Tour driver wedge, soft pillow golf course that you're going to see this week. You know, weather permitting it. it, I I really enjoyed watching it last year and hopefully the weather holds out because I think. I think this is one of the better ones they go to. And I'm really glad that it seems like they finally found a permanent home, this place, between all the money that the Astros put in there. And now they have Hewlett-Packard as the main sponsor. Like, that's yeah, a legit like corporate sponsor what, for this. What does Hewlett-Packard do, though? Who buys a desktop now? What do they do? They they do computer hardware, though. I know. It's like, Listen, it's still an S&P 500 company. I mean, it's better than what? Worldwide technology? Although I think they're actually pretty... I was like, they're, they're, they're pretty legit. I like Worldwide Pants. They are pretty legit. Do you remember Worldwide Pants? Do you know what that is?
0: No, I don't know what that is. Man, it's fucking David Letterman, bro. World oh, Wide okay. Yeah. God, that was nice. a Christ, day. no Monty Python. Fucking didn't get the David Letterman right. How fucking old am I? You're pretty old, sir.
1: Fuck. You're, you're you're old enough where you couldn't find where how to bet Thomas Peters last It's day. not that I couldn't find
0: it. It's that I was fucking had people over. I was drinking, fucking hanging
1: out and fucking, and then, you know, whatever, dude,
0: shit gets away. Like, I'm a squirrel, man. Like, I need to do it, like, when you text it to me. If I say I'm going to do it in 10 minutes and then I go pour another drink, that shit is gone.
1: Uh-huh. It's all right. my fault. Why, my fault. All right. all right. Why don't we take a break and then we'll, uh, into into uh, how to handicap this thing. All right, sounds good. Well, listen,
0: now we got to talk to you guys about PropSwap. It's America's place to buy and sell sports bets. Uh, all season long, PropSwappers have been finding the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other betters like yourself. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will double it in up to 500 bucks. Double the cash means double the odds, and if you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time, so your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve thousands of that is, across the country are shopping for tickets every day on PropSwap. So get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap
1: is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, let's break this down a little further. So we finally had, we're finally getting a tournament where we have previous strokes gained data, you know, as far as like categories on it. And uh, listen, like sometimes you can make false conclusions on this stuff based on one tournament, but hey, listen, it's better than nothing. So let's just jump right in. So Let's start with what happened last year. Uh, Carlos Ortiz won this tournament at minus 13. Uh, Dustin Johnson and Daki Massi were two shots back at minus 11. Uh, A couple other guys in top 10. You got Jason Day, you got Terrell Hatton, Sam Burns. They're also in top 10. So um, golf course was pretty tough last year. It was windy, it was firm. Guys were having trouble both hitting greens and chipping around it um you know the green regulation rate was only about 61 percent and guys are having a pretty tough time getting up and down for par you know and that kind of shows in the scoring there um you know so yeah, I think the hardest thing, as I mentioned before, is the green surrounds. I think are the hardest thing about this place. Is if you miss a green, it's very tough to chip off type Bermuda green lies into it. I mean, you're from Florida; yep. you definitely know the the feelings. Awful. Um, and and it all runs away into like like any. If you miss a green, it's not like where the ball just stops and you just like pop up. Like it, it's gonna run. <laughs> so you can get some like really awkward chips around here. Yeah, down's really tall order. Um. You know, and once you're on there, it's, you know, pretty significantly, you know, creatively undulated greens too. So, you know, even though this is only just a little under 7,100 yards that they set up as, like, you know, with how difficult some of these greens in the, in the areas around it is, like, they did a good job, like, protecting the golf course. Um, I guess one thing, if you want to notice with the rest of the top 10, is that the guys who were generally a little um, had more distance than the rest of the field – did a little better. Uh, I think that you can probably attribute that to the fact that there isn't any fairway bunkers or any any real hazards off the tee, so you can kind of wail it away. And if the golf course plays firm, like it did last year, the you know you want a shorter club and a higher ball flight into some of those greens. So I think driving distance probably is why you see like, you know, I think so nobody inside the top ten last year averaged less than two ninety seven off the box for the week. Six of ten players averaged more than three yards. I mean, you got DJ Burns, yeah. Brooks, J Day, you know, even Hatton kind of pump it out there too. even Mackenzie Hughes, who is that who's the type of guy who always just anytime guys are missing a whole lot of greens in terms of an up and down contest, you know, because he has enough pop off the tee. You know, he can just get up and down for everywhere and kind of putt his way to a good finish. He had a good finish there last year, too. But despite you know and, and like I said earlier, because there's not a lot of fairway bunkers, you can hit driver a whole lot. I think DJ didn't hit less than driver on any hole during the final <laughs> round last year. Yeah, he just, really? just just hit Everything was like 320, 330, all that stuff. But des- despite the fact that it's only 7,100 yards and your hidden hitting driver a whole lot there. There's a lot of longer approach shots. So about 47% of all the approach shots in the greens are more than 175 yards and up. Oh. Um, like that's a big distribution. Oh yeah. Just for the fact, it's a shorter golf course lead on the scorecard. Like it, I think a lot of the, um, the lack in length I think, comes on the par threes, those are a little shorter. I think there's a couple of the par fives are a little shorter, too, but those are about 200 yards. But the par fours are pretty long. Yeah. So, um, you know, you're going to be hitting a lot of longer approach shots. You're going to be hitting a lot of shots from, like, 125 to 152. And that's that's where I think Kepka also had a hand in it because he's a really good long iron player, mm-hmm. really good with his long approach shots. Loves to driver anyways, but he's a good wedge player, too. It seems like his intermediate iron he isn't as good on, but... Yeah, it definitely seems like from a whole and scorecard perspective, that's where Brooks. Like, yeah, I think he stacked the deck for himself a little bit here. So yeah, well, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I really, I really do think that this golf course might wake him up a little bit because he did have a hand in it and it is set up really to, if he's playing well, you know, that's something that kind of suits his game. And then as far as, you know, other golf courses where, you know, there's a little heavier distribution towards longer approach shots. I, I noticed TBC Scottsdale had a similar distribution. I noticed Augusta National had a similar distribution and Riviera as well. And you can draw a lot of connections between some guys in the top 10 to those three golf courses. So Hideki Matsuyama finished second at the Houston Open last year. He's a two-time winner at Scottsdale. Kapka was in the top 10. He's a two-time winner at Scottsdale too. Hideki and DJ both won the Masters, you know? So Mm -hmm. I, I think the fact that, you know, it's really fast, undulated greens with tight shipping areas. That's Augusta National right there. And there's a lot yeah. of longer approach shots there too. I think that's a good comp. Uh DJ has done really well at Riviera. You know, that's another one that plays firm and fast. It's undulated greens. It's you know, it's you know, the green regulation rate there is pretty low. It can be kind of windy. Yeah, I think that's a good comp too. Uh Sam Burns finished the top ten. He did well at Riviera. Uh Orcs- won Riviera. I know. Wow. Well, yeah. Don't remind me. My hundred one ticket. <laughs> I remember. And I, and I, and fu- I had burns on a couple of close calls early in 2021 and yeah. I never ended up hitting his outright. That's a shame. Did you, didn't, didn't you? No, we- no, I missed on Val because We were both on Keegan. Yeah. And I missed The Sanderson, I bet him a three to one on Sunday. That's, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. That doesn't count. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's, that's a damn shame. Yeah. So, Anyway, so Ortiz, who won the tournament, he has top 10s at both the Waste Manager Phoenix Open and at Riviera. So, you know, Jason Day has been good at Augusta National. Yeah, it's there's a lot of connections as far as those three golf courses, as far as like the types of things that you have to do well there and how it sets up and this place. So if you're looking for other comp courses, I think those are three pretty good ones. Uh, But a lot of this kind of depends on the weather, too. Uh, I talked to our buddy Munaf. I asked him what the weather's been. (laughs) said it rained a little bit last week. They might get some rain this week. Uh, I looked at the forecast. It doesn't seem like wind might be too big of a factor, but it's early in the week. Uh, If we get similar conditions to last year, I think we expect a little bit of the same. But even if we don't, I think there's enough tricks to this golf course where I still think you'd be protected. Maybe some of the scoring gets up to be like, you know, if it's like just good weather, favorable weather, like softer and not as much wind, I think maybe 1,800 or or 1,900 could be the winning score. But I still think the same types of players you want to look for that gave were a blueprint last year will come into play as far as you know, guys are pretty good around the green, especially on Bermuda guys can put pretty well in Bermuda guys are pretty good iron players. I think distance is going to play a big factor, you know, you know, especially if the greens are firm. So what do you think yeah. they're going to hang, Ber- hang Burns's number at? Oh, probably 20, 16. Oh, okay. i would be, I mean, Why? I mean, I mean, who you got in this field? You got, well, nope. you know, he actually might be the favorite. Just looking at the guys here. I mean, you got, yeah. I mean, Kepka's slumping. You yeah. Now. Sunje, Scheffler, yeah, Scheffler, It seems like I think you might get a. Maybe he is like co favorite with like, with like Scheffler and Finau and like Cam Smith. Yeah, who who I mentioned earlier, Cam Smith is the guy I'm looking at this week. Yeah. I think this there's a lot of good things about this place that fits his game. So stay tuned for Tuesday. Stay tuned for Tuesday. Yeah. And unfortunately he's probably gonna be popular, but you heard it here first. <laughs> technically
0: technically I think he texted me this shit on fucking Saturday. So <laughs> Yes, I did. So, so, yeah. so. so everybody stay <laughs> off. He's my guy this week. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. All right. Well, listen. Have you guys uh, heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Prize Picks has the most NBA DFS prop games on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as the bench players, only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of: yardage, touchdowns, on every is thrown. All of the users that all of your users that deposit and use your promo code will receive up to 100% of instant deposit match. So make sure you use promo code SGP. You pick two to five players and over under on their projections and you win 10 times your money on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize picks allows Mixed sports entries, too. You can take the over on LeBron. Never a good idea. And under on Mahomes. Definitely a good idea. Uh, use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. I would probably put a little more, more time into it. Uh, but listen, PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals, so don't hesitate. Go check out prizepix.com and use promo code SGP to get your 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks, Or go to the App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. And of course, don't forget to go download the SGPN app. It gives you that easy access to all of our picks and podcasts. And don't forget to toss us an app review and download the app today.
1: Okay. All right. I got nothing else. Do you have any uh, reactions to anything I said before we close the show? <laughs> no. I think uh, I, I think I, I completely forgot about how they tried to make it like the Masters last year
0: until you said that. Because I remember thinking about that when we were betting those guys last year. I was like, oh, they? Well, got to it, well,
1: it, they tried to make the Masters the golf cup of Houston. I, I was wondering if they were going to oversee the golf course last year. And they did. They let it just be natural. Of, yeah, And yeah. that's why it ended up being, well, it's it's actually funny you mention that because that November Masters, which, God, seems like a it's billion years ago. ago. It was soft as shit, you remember? Well, so it was soft as hell, but what they were saying about it is because they, they scrambled to oversee it but they didn't kill off all the Bermuda.
0: Right. It was a weird mix. Remember, it was yeah.
1: Like so it made chipping around it really tough. And it actually, you're right. It kind of was a good comp because I mean, DJ was chipping off type Bermuda all week at this place and oh. he ended up winning the next He's week. Although DJ was also the best player in the world at that point. He was on he was a was huge run. Unbelievable so, leader. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing this golf course again. I'm looking forward to actually having PJ two or live to watch it on Thursday. So yeah, yeah, we'll be back on Tuesday with uh hopefully get back Rick on the horse with uh, another big big winner. And uh yeah, we'll see you then.
0: Yeah, that's it. All right, so you guys know where to find us? Uh you can find me, Boston underscore capper on Twitter, find Steve in the Slack channel. And uh yeah, look forward to Tuesday's show. We'll, we'll uh, hopefully uh, try to get back uh get back off the Schneider. there. All right, motherfuckers. Later.